welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, God had won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. With me as usual to look at the week's major cricket news stories in the region and to discuss the hot topics in the tropics is the renowned Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings Reds, how are you? Well, um, it wasn't so hot uh, in the last 48 hours. I think there was a fair amount of rain around. Certainly in Barbados, a little bit in St. Lucia, I don't know elsewhere, uh, but um, we don't know if the weather has broken, and um, we are here in St. Lucia hoping that the weather will stay good, because, um, you know, there's football still being played, and the Westernies are playing Pakistan women on the 16th, so we hope the weather will hold. Yep, now we want to talk about the, uh, the the Pakistani ladies tour, but we will start in uh, Sri Lanka, where there's been a lot of rain there as well, Reds, and the, the, the game kicked off a, a day late, the warm-up match uh, ahead of the, the, the test match, and West Indies, well, uh, not really very impressive. Well, the weather's never really been all that impressive. Um, when myself and Tony Koja uh, did radio from Sri Lanka on the first ever tour, um, it was disappointing because... Um, it rained. They did, in fact, uh, choose the wrong grounds for the matches. In fact, uh, there were other grounds when we came back from the test venue and played washed out. We can pass test venues that could have been used. So, mm. um, not, not surprising, but of course, disappointing uh, for the West Indies because they hardly got a hit in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And when they did. Um... Uh, with the exception of uh, uh, the Brathwaite, uh, nobody really made any sort of contribution with the bat at all. No, not a good start uh, overall. I mean, we were, what, 70-odd for two at one time. Mm. And then um, the middle order just fold up. Uh, mm. uh, Chandrika and Brathwaite added about 25. And um, you had uh, uh, Bravo and... Profit adding another 50, mm. and then all fell down until Carlos Profit arrived. And Hope did, in fact, keep the middle order going for a while. Yeah. No, and well, as we speak, it's at the end of the second day of playing that, and they've not had a particularly good. Uh, well, they had a good start with the ball for the first two balls. Kemal Roach got wickets for the first two balls of the innings, and then saw two guys get, get tons. Um, the bowling figures not making great reading generally either, Reds. Yes, uh, I think um, there's some indication maybe in uh, how the attack may be formed. I've gone ahead um, before the West Indies selectors in Sri Lanka and named my own 11 based oh. on what has happened so far. Yeah, um, I might be bold, but I, I'm looking for balance, I'm, I'm looking for depth, and I think we will, you know, live or die with Trandraker at this point. Uh, so, yeah. Bradford, Trandraker, Bravo, um, Samuels, Hope, Holder, um, Ramden, Bradford, Carlos Bradford, yeah. Taylor, Roach, and Bissou. 
Yeah. And that means we are batting until about number eight. And we've got Bisu, Roach, Taylor, um, Braffitt, Holder, and Samuel, six bowlers. Um, but I think that um, looking at uh, the performance to date, uh, I think this is about the, the best I can put together. I, I have no real hard evidence because we haven't had, um, you know, much in, in indications coming from Sri Lanka. No, no. Uh, funnily enough, uh, I, I did my team as well, and it's <clears throat> almost the same as you. I agree with you on Chandrika. We've got to stick with him. Um, you've surprised me. You've got Hope in uh, ahead of Blackwood. Um, but, hey, that's... that's uh, your choice um, and until today I'd have had Gabriel in my side because he's been playing regular cricket in England and bowling well and Roach who's been poor I'd have had it the other way around but Roach today has bowled 9 overs 2 for 25 and Gabriel's got 9 overs for 59 so I, I'm, I agree with you the reason for, the reason for hope is that um, he stayed around for a long time you know he battled away Mm. Um, useful minutes uh, in the middle uh, must have gone in um, after he finished with a little bit of confidence now I could be wrong uh, but you know if I can get 10 out of 11 uh, I'm smiling yeah no I don't, I don't, don't disagree and I think what's interesting is both of us agree though on the balance of our attack uh, and getting Carlos Brathwaite in there as as another seamer okay he may be in the same mould as Jason Holder and we could argue that they're a bit, you know, a bit thin with whether it would be Ramdin or Jason Holder batting at six. But effectively, with Holder, Ramdin, and Brathwaite, you've got three number sevens batting from six to eight. Yes, and the thing about um, Braffitt backing up Holder uh, with the two other paces and Bisou hmm. is that um, Braffitt and Holder are expected to be fairly tight, uh, building hopefully pressure, not giving away. A, a, a lot of runs. Roach and Taylor can be a little more attacking. Yeah. And if you can, if you can build pressure, uh, bring in Bisu early for short spells. I don't want to see Bisu bowling long spells, short spells. Mm. Uh, pull him out, bring him back. Um, I think you have an, an attack uh, that can at least, um, you know, force Sri Lanka to take some chances and and contain them to a certain extent. Yeah. But the only thing I'd I'd like to know more about if I was if 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 there, if there was some way of finding out is it Taylor hasn't bowled Jerome Taylor hasn't hasn't bowled in this in this practice match um, I've not heard anything I don't know whether you have read whether he's carrying an injury or whether there's any doubts about his inclusion No I, I, I don't I, 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 I don't know I haven't hmm. heard I can only feel that they're keeping him in cotton wool and, yeah. um you know, here's hoping that that, that would be a major setback if if he's gone crook yeah. before the first test. Yeah. No. Well, let's 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 hope so, and let's hope they can uh, pick up their performances uh, ahead of it. It's it's not it's not it's not started so well, but hey, there's uh, there's some time to go yet. Um, Phil Simmons this week, his uh, disciplinary hearing has been uh, postponed. What's the implications of that, Reds? I'm sorry about that. I, I I was hoping that it would have been quick and over. Um, I felt that his um, apology was heartfelt. Um, I think he got indirect support from the Clive Lloyd statement who credited him 
for doing a great job with the players and then at the end of it said you know you but you can't have these outbursts mm. and then holder uh, being quoted from Sri Lanka yeah. saying it'd be good to have Phil Simmons back um, I think that all is very much in his favor what uh, is my concern is what is the fracture let us for, for a moment say well Phil is reinstated uh, for Australia Hmm. Uh, is there a, a, an effort uh, to bring Phil and the three selectors he named um, around a table and, and somehow or the other um, mend the fence? Hmm. Because from what I'm hearing, there was a little bit of, of, of a fracture, maybe yeah. more than a little bit. And until that is in fact fixed and, and sorted out, it's difficult to have um, a coach and uh, and the selectors not maybe even talking uh, to each other. So you, an actual fracture, uh, let's get this clear, you've heard there was a fracture within the selection committee itself. I gather it's from the co- the selectors who have been named, they were not happy. That's yeah. basically what I'd like to say at, at, at this point. Yeah, no, they're, they're fair enough. And I suppose we can <laughs> draw our own conclusions. Um, as you said yourself previously, uh, with Simmons making that um, outburst, which is what it, what it was, it did impugn uh, the reputation of those that voted against him. Um, yeah, the issue does need to be resolved. Jason Jason Holder made it quite clear that he'd like to see him back, and he called Phil Simmons inspirational. Yes, um, I see that Phil is now adding a lawyer um, to his side. Mm. Whether that's just um, you know the normal um, action... Um, you know, I, I, I take it for that, but I hope it doesn't get too complicated. I hope it's a simple situation where he has already announced his apology, he restates his apology uh, to Justice Saunders and his committee, and they um, take that and, and, and go which way they, they, they want to go. I hope we, we, we don't get into technical legal language. Yeah. No, I, I I had the same reaction as you, Red, when I read that there was solicitors and things involved. It does make me worry yeah, if this is going to be protracted and that perhaps it does make his dismissal or resignation more likely. And whereas a quick slap on the wrist and let's all get back together would have been for the betterment of West Indies cricket. And after that, to try and hope the board will then bring the three selectors together, bring all the selectors together, including Simmons, I said, listen, you know, we really must bury the hatches and get back on track. It was an error. Let's move on for Australia. Yeah, well, and that's it. Move on. Yet again, we're seeing the West in this period of doubt and confusion. Um, if Phil Simmons is going to stay or go, let's find out. Let's get it done and move on. Having more confusion... They, the West Indies cricket ball needs to make it clear whether Bravo and Pollard are available for selection or not. Is it the same as Kevin Peterson? They're you know, just just banned. That would be terrible. But let's get it clear whether that's their stance or not and whether Phil Simmons is in place or not and move on for the betterment and furtherment of West Indies cricket. Well, who are moving on are the West Indies women. They're here. And I must tell you, David, I've been very impressed by the standard. Of, of the players. I mean, mm. you know, I've, I'm seeing uh, players uh, hooking and pulling the ball, driving to extra cover, good footwork, um, you know, uh, bowlers bowling fairly quick, a good spin, 
um, good catching too. Uh, they've been well drilled by Vasper Drakes and Ezra Mosley, two very experienced players. And uh, I think, um, you know, hopefully a large crowd will turn out on the 16th um, to watch the opening ODI against uh, Pakistan. I think um, they might be surprised at the skill of, 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 of these ladies. Twelve of them, yeah. you know, David, are on um, West Indies board contracts. And that means that they can spend a lot of time working on on, on their game. Mm. I know, uh, I read that Darren Sammy was there offering uh, his help and advice this week. Was he equally impressed as you, Red? Yes, I think so. Um, he, 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 he's been around a lot. He's been around a lot. Um, he's been playing. He, he got a big 150 in, a, in a, 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 a local club game, in a 50-over game. He came in at 24 for three, I read. And then blasted um, 157. But he has been around. Um, I think he he knows the girls. Um, he knows the players, and a one to one. But um, just been around, not um, getting uh, uh, in anything too technical. Just being his nice, uh, friendly self, leaving the yeah. coaching um, to um, Drake's and to Mosley. Uh, the, the Pakistanis, well, they are here now. Uh, they had a motorcade from the international airport in, in Viewfort, uh, which was an attempt by the local organizing committee to meet them properly, you know, uh, give them a good VIP welcome at the airport. So that is off to a good start when when they did arrive. And uh, there was a motorcade uh, maybe stopping at one or two communities on the way back to Castri. So, um, you know, they, they they did feel welcome. They're just arriving and, and being met by a liaison officer. Ah, super. I mean, the, the, St. Lucia's clearly making this a, a big event, and Dan and Sammy's involvement as St. Lucia's you know, currently greatest cricketer. I mean, the, the man, great. Yeah, Darren Sammy's great entertainment. He's great value as a cricketer. In my experience, he's always been a great value as a man. Well, there's a major football tournament coming to the end. And the organisers, the Blackhearts organisers, are trying to also say to the football crowd, thanks for supporting us. We want you now to support uh, the West Indies-Pakistan matches. Uh, so if, if that appeal is taken and they've been attracting large crowds, you know, you can possibly see maybe a 5,000 uh, crowd uh, turning up. Um, it's only $10 uh, to get in EC. It's being played afternoon and the night. It's it's it just just maybe um, gonna have maybe more people uh, than we expect. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm gonna look forward to uh, uh, in the coming week and and so on from from you, Red. Uh, your first-hand accounts uh, of of those fixtures that you go and see. Yes, I, I I'm looking forward to it because uh, I've been watching them in the nets. I've been watching them. Um, in open nets, uh, they had a 50-over practice, a 20-over practice. Uh, the bats, the batters, as they say these days, d- dominated. But it was probably um, more uh, for the people um, who, who actually got a hit uh, than the bowlers. Mm. Um, we described this as, as a big event. Another big event recently, uh, Reds, was um, the efforts being made for... <sighs> trying to drum up money and support 
for the, the tragedy in Dominica. And I know that Adam Sanford uh, had a great deal to do with that in, in the USA. Do you, do you have any more information on what he's been able to achieve in that course? Well, I've been in touch with John Aaron, um, who uh, was instrumental in getting our podcast on the, 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 the US site. And John tells me it was very successful. Um, Adam Sanford been able to post 14 barrels, mm. 14 barrels, and I think fairly large barrels, of food and clothes to Dominica. That's off and sailing. And I would think that if you divide each barrel by four, um, you will see how many families, you know, how, how many families would have some assistance. Um I did send the information on to um, the Dominican and, and Windward's board so they um, can see what has taken place in case they didn't get the information. And, um, you know, it'd be good if maybe uh, someone asks maybe Norbert Phillip mm. to see what Essex may like to do for Dominica because he was a, a great servant of Essex cricket. I don't think he lives in the UK. I think he's more in um, the US. He does come home, uh, but um, if he can reach out to Essex, it might not be a bad effort. Who knows what the Essex, Essex County and, and the whole community might like to do for Dominica. Oh, I think that's a great idea, Reds. And um, well, I know Norbert Philip was in uh, the West Indies earlier this year because he was giving out the man of the match. Oh, no, it wasn't the man of the match award. He gave whoever it was... I can't remember who got their uh, first cap for West Indies early this year, Dominica, and he was the 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 he was the one handing over uh, the first cap to. You'd have to you have to remind me, Rez. I can't remember who it was, but he he was there back in Dominica for that. Nor Norbert Philip, as an I, I was a Londoner and Essex supporter myself as a young man. Norbert Philip, one of my absolute heroes as a young man. Yes, and played for the West Indies, and um, he was a very good county. Uh, cricketer and Essex, uh, they speak highly of him around the, the, the Essex county ground. Mm. No, I was uh, actually, a, 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 I know fairly well, his former colleague at Essex, Stuart Turner, uh, who had come on first change behind John Lever and, uh, and Norbert Philip. And uh, Norbert was, was adored there. Norbert Philip, who took over at Essex uh, because of the, the, the early injury, the career-ending injury to, to Keith Boyce. Yes, uh, Norbert bowled a very nasty length, just back of a length, and he, he really hammered the ball, and it came at you. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing his his um, his first Test match in the Western East, which was against um, against Australia uh, at Border. Uh, but we have other matters to cover, David. So let's move on. No, I think I think you're right, Reds. Um... I, I do want to uh, ask you before before we run out of time, so we'll, we'll talk about now your your memories um, of of Steve Kamash. Lately, Reds, we've had we've had too many people passing and too many great ones, and we had another one this week in Steve Kamash. Yes, uh, a personal friend of mine. I a little older than him, but I I I saw him come through the school ranks. He played for St. Stanislaus. He was soon playing for the GCC, the, the club of his father, George Kamash, a, a British guy, and all around in those days. Um, then he got into the Colts situation, and he got into the West Indies Colts, and then on and on, and made uh, the West Indies team in, um, in, 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 in 68. I think his, his best tour might have been the, the tour 
on the cigar piece sobers in England in '69, mm. uh, where he put together some very good scores and a good opening partnership with the late Roy Fredericks of well over a hundred that broke the Stalmeyer Ray partnership. Um, and uh, you know he didn't produce the kind of runs that uh, he was capable of. Um, I think the the. The, the runs in his stats um, doesn't really tell the story how good he was. He was on the way to 100 in Port of Spain against England uh, when uh, lunch was called. He needed probably another over. Uh, 87 was his highest score. But he will be remembered as someone who played a major role in trying to setting up a structure for West Indies cricket. He, he was the first CEO in the days where you hardly had a fax machine, Alan Ray, the former West Indies opening batsman and former president, uh, was um, working out of his legal office. And Kamash had to share the legal office and the typist, <laughs> who became Steve's typist. And he did that for quite a long time. Overall, he served the board for some 18 years. Mm. He also served the board as a selector, as a, a, a manager. And I worked with him on radio. He was quite a good um, comments personality, mm. had a good uh, hand in the game, and, you know, could have played maybe hockey um, mm. for Guyana if he really uh, wanted to. He played club hockey. He played at a fairly high standard. He was a fullback. His father had also played. So um, it, it was in the genes, and I would think that if he had played table tennis or squash, he probably would, would, would have played it. At a good high level too. Yeah, one of those natural sportsmen. It, 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 it is sad that it's only a few months after uh, Peter Short's gone, and um, it just, just, it just, a uh, time moves on, Reds, and uh, and and these people pass, and uh, uh, we can get a little whimsical about the state of West Indies cricket now and look back to to where it was. Yes, um, you know where it was. Um, I've always, I've always said, you know, in in, in a sort of off the cuff. Um, kind of statement that I was born at, at the right time in 1939. Mm. And that gave me a chance to see the the, the, the end of the the great W's, you know, the Ray and Stolmeyer, Ram, Valen period, Gomez and Christiani, etc. And then we went into to the Sobers, Kanai, Nurse, Butcher, and onwards, uh, you know, the Kalitran, Lloyd. And, um, you know, this generation um, is... It's hard really to convince them what a great bunch of players, you know, we, we, we have had it for 15 years, you know, we were almost on, on Beatle. Mm. One of those great players from that period, of course, and one of the last uh, from that period, uh, Brian Lara. Now there's talk, Reds, that Brian Lara may be uh, about to feature in some exhibition 2020 matches in the USA alongside uh, Sachin Tentor and uh, Shane Warne. These these games are being talked about being played, two or three of them, in, in November. Um, but the word is that ticket prices range from $50 US to 350 And at that time of the year, the usual temperature expected would be 8 to 10 degrees. Does this sound like... Yes, a... <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw the, the ticket prices and um, they're, they're quite amazing. <laughs> um, but they... The whole um, the whole event upcoming hasn't quite impressed Ian Chappell. Uh, <laughs> he holds the view that if Shane Warne uh, has retired, if Sachin has retired, I didn't see him calling Brian Lara's name. He focused on 
on, on Warren and Sachin. Mm. He says, you know, if you are retired, stay retired. You have given up the game. Warren has come back uh, to say, um, I'm surprised that, uh, I'm sorry that, Ch that Chappelle has gone that way. We're just trying to spread the game um, in, in, in the USA. Um, it's, it's basically how you see it. But I can imagine that all the Indians in North America and all the Commonwealth citizens in North America will be probably heading to the ticket office um, to get a glimpse of Warren and, and Sachin. Mm. And who else plays? Well, Brian Lara's not confirmed, but uh, it, his name has certainly been speculated. And I know that he is interested in the event himself. He uh, retweeted the advertising uh, uh, promo by uh, Tendulkar Warren just earlier today. So he's obviously monitoring uh, the situation. Uh, you may be right about the, the attendance figures, Reds. I, I have a terrible feeling that this is a, a, another huge white elephant. I don't know. I, I would like to believe that they want to draw on the Indian migrants to mm. America. I think they must have done their due diligence and have some idea of uh, what's the potential for an event like this. I don't think they will just, you know, assemble a team and, and hope people will turn up. They, they must have checked it out and they feel that, you know, there's an Indian community, there's a Sri Lankan community, there's a Pakistan community, there's a West Indies community, and yeah. there's Australians and, and Kiwis. Um, so, you know, they hopefully they have done their due diligence. Uh, well, there is there is talk with, and with the West Indian community and, and the such of uh, the possibility of some CPL matches, Caribbean Premier League, uh, being played in North America, USA, Canada. There's even talk about perhaps taking some of the domestic 50-over uh, games into into the US. Is 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 the US a market that the West Indies should be exploring? I would think so. I think there is a quite a good um, uh, stadium in South Florida which has been used. Um, but uh, I think after an initial good start by the West Indies, there was a point where I think New Zealand and Sri Lanka seemed to be taken over that market. Yeah. And maybe uh, the, the West Indies um, as a board didn't quite follow up. Um, one would think that the ICC would expect us, the West Indies uh, cricket board, uh, to be responsible um, for North America. Mm. Well, I did hear somebody uh, mention that uh, they they run they understood that New Zealand had bought up the rights for international cricket in that continent. Um, I I can't verify that, and it was just something that somebody mentioned to me. But that would of course cause complications. Well, if that's so, we we have missed the boat. I mean, that that really should not have happened. We should have moved, you know, much much faster. Yeah. As I say, that's just something I was told and maybe just be more of the usual speculation that I really shouldn't listen to. Um, Reds, we're, we're, we're running out of time. Is there anything I've missed from the week that we really should have mentioned? No, I don't think so. Um, I think it's a, a waiting that time now to see what will happen to the Simmons matters, waiting to see how we'll do it in, in the in the first test in Sri Lanka, how the West Indies women will do in the upcoming um ODIs against uh, Pakistan and St. Lucia before going to Grenada for the 2020s. Uh, we just we just have to 
So it's on a wait and see. Well, let's hope the, uh, particularly the West Indies uh, batsmen show as much patience as, uh, as when, they're, when they're batting, as you and I do, Reds. Um, I want to say thank you as ever for joining me, and if you want to uh, thank uh, our listeners... Well, yes, we, 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 we have to, I mean, we, we, have to, we have to borong the Caribbean to Grenada, um, to St. Lucia, our friends in, 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 in North America. I know we have friends in, in, in the USVI. I know we are, we are expanding. Uh, I think one television station um, in St. Lucia is now taking the podcast. And uh, that means that more and more people um, are, are hearing it. And that means that we, we, we're gaining some ground, so to speak. Yeah, no, that's lovely. You know, we enjoy talking about the West Indies cricket and we hope people enjoy listening to uh, particularly you, Red. Uh, give us the benefit of your experience. As ever, thank you for joining me. This has been The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And I hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye.